0: Today's episode of Juice the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy.
1: And I'm Corwin Miller.
0: And uh, welcome to the stats edition of the show. We are still going to do stats, even though there's nothing going on presently in the world, but that hasn't stopped us in the past from talking about shit that's happened in, uh, in the past. So that's what we'll be doing today, digging through some old sports shit. You ready, Corwin?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> that was an incredibly funny um I don't even know what you would call that just uh,
0: fumble. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Just a lot of fumbling. Um all right. So the uh, I I was telling Corwin uh, I wanted to keep this lighthearted, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. So, um the, f- the first the first topic uh I have here is I ran a query and I looked for the pitcher with the most home runs. And I want you to guess, Corwin. Who that pitcher is, and what number of home runs they have hit.
1: So, what pitcher in their career has career, yes, given up the most home runs? No, no, no. Who has hit, hit, hit the, the, most the most home, home runs. runs? Yes. Hmm. Man, that's. Um, I feel like none of like the career guys, like Nolan, Randy Johnson, guys who had like super long careers. I feel like none of them were, like, exceptional home run hitters. Uh,
0: Um, I don't see Nolan Ryan off the jump, and I don't see um, the other person you mentioned whose name I just left my head already. Yeah, I don't see Randy Johnson off the jump either.
1: Um, Is it – all right, so because I have truly no clue, is it someone who is, like, currently active, or is it long gone?
0: No, no. Long, long retired. Um, there is in the top five we'll say one player from the 2000s and if we expand that to the top 10, then there are three players in, from the 2000s. Mm. Uh,
1: I'm going to guess that one of those na- so none of those guys are active then? Is what I'm inferring?
0: One, one of these guys is active. Is it Zach Greinke? It is not Zach Granke. Is Zach Greinke, where would he be on this list? I Zach. know he's a good hitter. He know. is um, tied for 49th on this list with nine career home runs, which I would have guessed was more.
1: Uh, what number did he end up ranking? F- tied for 49th. Ooh, that's not great. Um, what about a guy like Max Scherzer?
0: All right. Scherzer... Uh, he didn't even come up.
1: That's fair. Uh, I have no clue then.
0: You you missed the most obvious one. Um, The name that stuck out Mark to Nolan me Nolan? as being, no, no, he only has like one. <laughs> um, As being like, oh, of course he's near the top of this list is Madison Bumgarner.
1: Uh, I wanted to guess him, but I was like, I feel like he has too short of a career to be that high.
0: So he's not number one, he's number seven. That was just the name I thought you would you would be like, oh, of course. He
1: um, 100% would have been my third guess if I was like, I just really didn't think he'd have a long enough career to be that high.
0: Uh, it's been 10 years so far. Um, yeah, 2009, I, I, I know, right? It doesn't feel like it either. Uh, but 2009 to 2019, he has hit 19 home runs, so just about two a year, which is uh, pretty, Ooh, pretty, pretty good. Um. Actually, you know what's funny is
1: that you could think of that have a bunch like Noah Syndergaard capable of going to beat that record.
0: Well, so uh, that's that's what we haven't got to. We haven't gotten to what the record is. So So,
1: before we do that, just on the topic of Noah Syndergaard, I guess we'll talk about this later, but he did tear his UCL is yeah. i really think that a big reason why he wouldn't ever be able to break this is just he's missed too much time i feel like a healthy cinder could be the home run hitting king that we would all kind of want
0: oh that's the tough thing about pitcher hitting in general is that you, you just have reduced opportunity noah Syndergaard, by the way has six home runs which is tied for 94th um although again at one each each and every home run bumps you up the list tremendously Mm-hmm. Um, so he's tied with the likes of there's actually a lot of modern players right here or uh, current players I should say uh, Jake Arrieta also has six Mike Leak also has six um, other names that I'm sure I would know that are down here I'm trying to find active players I don't see any, oh my god um, anyway but like the problem is, is just one pitchers just aren't good at hitting the baseball um, and, and two it's just lack of opportunity pitchers usually bat in the Ninth spot, sometimes the eighth spot, depending on the manager. And that means that you're getting fewer plate appearances per game. In addition to the fact that when you get pulled from the game, you also stop batting. So pitchers really only get like, I don't know, two, maybe three plate appearances a game. Um, and if you're really killing it or your team's really killing it, and therefore it means you're batting more, maybe maybe up to four. Um, whereas a guy who's batting first, second, third in the lineup is getting significantly more than that. And it compounds because you play uh, as a batter every day and you play as a pitcher once every five, four to six days, I'll say. Um, So this is a record I actually don't think will very readily be broken anytime soon. Um, Not that it's an outrageously high number, just that, well, there's no real modern players who are close. Madison Bumgarner is the closest, but I don't see him getting to it either. Do you have any guesses as to who this player is leading this leaderboard and what their num- home run number is?
1: Um, home runs for pitcher career. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Ty Cobb and 43 home runs.
0: So, so Ty Cobb was a fielder. Fuck me. Um, It, although forty three, it's tough to say if it's close or not. If we were doing like uh, regular hitters, it'd be kind of close. But because it's pitchers and the difference is large enough that it wouldn't bump this person into the top uh, to number five instead of number one. It's Warren Spahn, Warren Spahn, who played uh, with the Boston Braves and then the Milwaukee Braves and then the San Francisco Giants and then the New York Mets. Um, He's considered one of the the great uh lefties of all time hit 35 that's his record 35 35 35 career home runs and what's interesting to me is i would have thought this would have been some dude from like the 1800s or like early 19 aughts because back then pitchers played like every fucking day and not that there was like a lot of traditional home runs being hit but i figured like a lot of inside the parker guys like especially when you're playing every day after like Eight, ten seasons, you know, hitting like two. You hit like two a year, or I don't know, so let's say let's say three a year for ten seasons, that'd be thirty right there, you know? Mm-hmm. And three a year sounds on par for like the early nineteen aughts, maybe even five a year if you're really feeling adventurous about it. But no, Warren Spawn with his thirty-five.
1: That's pretty crazy. That especially, you know, it's especially crazy that it's only thirty-five.
0: I know. And that's what's so interesting. Is like, you, you look at Madison Bumgarner sitting there with 19 and you go, oh, well, it's only 16 away. He could do it. But then you think to yourself, well, Madison Bumgarner has been playing for 10 years and only has 19. He had to continue playing at a level that's worth playable and hitting in the national league in order for another, like, I don't know, maybe eight years at this same exact pace for him to get to 35. And it's just like, that's a lot to ask. You know that'd be an 18-year-long career for a pitcher, and those don't usually last that long. Uh,
1: I am really glad that it's a guy that's played at a Cy Young level. You know, pitching because you know there's plenty of guys that just hang around. You know, the MLB for 10, 15 years long enough to really be a part of this. Um. But for him to be a superstar pitcher and also be a superstar batter uh, is pretty cool.
0: It certainly makes him more fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Uh-oh. Um. So I looked this up. I said Ty Cobb. I meant Cy Young.
0: Ah. I don't
1: know how I got fucked up, but whatever. I feel like that's pretty common. Do you Cy Young guess how is me- on this list. Yeah, so I was gonna see if you had it there because I would have you guess otherwise, but I can see you
0: have it there. I, I do, I do. He do you wanna guess where he is on this list with his eighteen? Um hmm
1: I would say he's probably like twenty second.
0: So 22nd is a tie between Don Robinson, Steve Carlton, and Fergie Jenkins. Uh, Ty Cobb, actually eighth. Really? Right behind Madison Bumgarner and right ahead of a three-way tie between Mike Hampton, Jim Cott, and Kid Nichols. Um, The top five are Warren Spahn with 35. Don Drysdale of the Brooklyn and then later Los Angeles Dodgers with 29. The first player to have played in the 2000s, Carlos Zambrano with 24. And I'll give you like a dollar if you can tell me any of the teams he played for. No Uh, way. The Cubs and then the Marlins. Uh, Zero recollection of anyone named Carlos Zambrano (laughs) on my end. Uh, John Clarkson with 24. He is an 1800s pitcher. 1882 to 1894. Um, And then number five is Milt Pappas. With 20. Tied Milt. with Dizzy Trout. Yeah. Milk Pappas, Pappas
1: and Dizzy Trout?
0: Yes, are in a deadlock tie. And what's interesting about uh, our boy Dizzy is this is the other thing that would need to be taken into consideration is Corwin. Let me ask you a piece of baseball trivia. Um, when was the DH put into effect? I think it's come up on the show before.
1: When was the DH put into effect?
0: Yes, Um, in the American League.
1: Is it in the 1900s? It is. 1918?
0: 1973. Fuck me, really? Really, 1973. So Dizzy Trout, who is sixth on this list, or I just tied for fifth on this list, with um, 20 home runs, played his entire career in the American League. He played for D the Detroit Tigers followed by the Boston Red Sox followed by the Baltimore Orioles from 1939 to 1957. So he has the fifth most home runs hit by a pitcher while playing his entire career in the AL because he did it pre DH.
1: Cause that's just a thing that you can do now. Yeah. Um, hey, some shit. man, I am, you know, to everyone listening to think I, that thinks that I know things, uh, I think today is proving everyone wrong.
0: I need you to look at, at, at Dizzy Trout's uh, picture on Baseball Reference because it's amazing.
1: Dude just has a, a packed lip and looks like he just came off the farm, which it, he probably yeah. did.
0: It's an amazing picture. I got ears like Barack uh, Obama. Like, it's fucking wild.
1: <laughs> um, uh. I'm a big fan of that picture. We should Wait. We should come up with, like, It would be hard to do for like an audio podcast, but we should put together a list of all like the cool shit, all the cool pictures on baseball reference.
0: That's honestly one of the most impressive parts of of baseball reference is that they have all these pictures. Like these must be hard to come by when you get to like the
1: 1800s. Oh, definitely.
0: Um. So that that that's what is there anything else you wanted to hear about this query any other names you wanted me to see if they made the list or anything else um no um no I guess we went
1: over the uh the ones I was intrigued with
0: Uh, Let me just sort it by year to see what active players are on this list. I I set the minimum at six home runs, so that's the fewest that we're going to have. So the only active players in baseball right now, only active pitchers in baseball right now that have six or more home runs are Madison Bumgarner with his 19, Adam Wainwright with 10, Zach Greinke with 9, Jake Arrieta with 6, Mike Leake with 6, and Noah Syndergaard with 6, and that's it. And the weirdest name on this list for me is Mike Leake.
1: Yeah, that's... How many does
0: he
1: have? Six. Yeah, that's not a huge number, and it is what it is. But at the same time, the fact that six puts you on that list.
0: Yeah. um, Man, Noah Syndergaard, uh, he's not going to pass Madison Bumgarner. He would need 13 more in the next three years, and he's going to be missing all of this season and a good chunk of next season with his Tommy John surgery. Uh, Mike Leake is already already older than Madison Bumgarner, so that's not going to happen, as is Jake Arrieta, as is Zach Granke, and as is Adam Wainwright. So, yeah, nope, none of it happened in here. Oh, well.
1: Well, Oh, well. I'm not going to lose any sleep over Mike Leake not having the most home runs of any pitcher.
0: Although that would be hilarious. Mm. You have to admit
1: Yeah, be, that'd be one of those cool little just anecdotes that we talk about
0: that blows our mind. I want to see real quick how many home runs CC Sabathia has. Uh, Three. He has three. All right, good for you, CC. <laughs> I'm proud of you for having three. <laughs> <laughs> and none in the postseason. What a waste. What a waste.
1: I, I don't know if you could call that a waste. I mean, three in his career. I mean, it'd be one thing if, like, Mad Bum didn't have any in the postseason. That's kind of a, a waste.
0: That that That's true. That's true. But then again, he does, so I think he does. I already said he did, so we're just going to say yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> uh, all right, so then shall we move on to the next one? Yeah. So this is kind of a weird one. I just wanted—I didn't realize it was an option to to uh, for for the search function. So I just wanted to see what it was. Um, I have a list of all the the players that have more than forty decisions in one season. So for the uninitiated, a decision is a win or a loss. So it might seem obvious that players should have, like, pitch, pitchers should have these the pitchers don't always stay in long enough for the decision or the decision gets ruined while they're playing. So, for instance, if the starting pitcher doesn't go at least five innings, they are ineligible for the win. So if your pitcher leaves in the fourth inning and your team is winning 3 nothing, even though your team is winning when the pitcher left the game, he's not eligible to collect the win. Same thing where like, if your team is winning in the seventh inning when your pitcher leaves and then your team goes on to lose, well, your starting pitcher wasn't in there when the uh when your team lost, right? So the runs aren't on his back, so he doesn't get the win or or the loss. again, a no decision. So that's what a decision is. um and I just wanted to see uh, first off, if forty decisions was a thing, which it is, um not super common, obviously, the most that a team has ever had in one season was three the 1892 new york giants had ed crane silver king and amos russi and the ni- 18 and the 1890 boston bean eaters have oh these are some great names john clarkson pretzels Getson, and kid nichols what?
1: <laughs> pretzels Getzen?
0: Yes, he was a German player. Um, I and I, I love him now. I just want everyone to know. I need to tell the tale of Pretzels Getzen. What? <laughs> so Pretzels, our, our, our boy Pretzels, started his career, um, with the Detroit Wolverines. <laughs> from 1884 to 18 and then he played for the Indianapolis Hoosiers in 1889 and then the Boston Bean Eaters in 1890 and then part of 1891 he then left for the Cleveland Spiders in 1891 and then finished his career in 1892 with the St. Louis Browns pretzels
1: this is truly one of the most outrageous people we've ever found on here. All right.
0: So in 1884, he led, he led the, the national league in home runs per nine with 0.1. Is that the highest or the lowest? It's gotta uh, be, the lowest, to right? be the lowest, right? Okay. Just cause no one hit home runs. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, pretzels, pretzels. His name was pretzels.
1: That can't be his like actual Christian name.
0: No, it can't be. But like, oh, full na- his full name is Charles H. Jetson. Oh, nickname Pretzels. Pretzels. <laughs> his nickname's Pretzels. <laughs> oh, what a great name! What a great. So anyway, those are the only two seasons in which a 40 decision player um, played, or in which a team had at least one of them. So the most recent year to have a forty decision player, what year do you think that was? And for fun, give me a team and a player. Uh, there is such a small, small outside chance you get this.
1: Uh, what what year are we talking?
0: That's what I'm, that's part one of the question.
1: Okay. Um. 1973,
0: Doc Ellis for the Pirates. Dude, you are so close with the no. year. Oh, really? Nin- 1979. Okay. Atlanta Braves, and it's Phil Necro, the famous oh, okay. knuckleballer. Sure. Um, yeah, and then, then I don't know. Uh, it's 1973 only had one. Wilbur Wood with the White Sox. 1972 had two players, Wilbur Wood with the White Sox and Gaylord Perry at this point on the Indians. Um, and then that that was it for 30, 26 years because before that it hadn't happened since 1946 with the Cleveland Indians and Bob Feller. And then 1944, Detroit Tigers and Dizzy Trout. Hold on, hold on, listen to this. 1935, St. Louis Cardinals, one guy did it, Dizzy Dean. And then the next player to have a 40-decision season was 1944 with Dizzy Trout. Just a decade of Dizzy. <sighs> a dec-
1: Yeah, a decade of Dizzy.
0: Wait, who do you think was the better Dizzy? Dizzy Trout or Dizzy Dean?
1: Um, Dizzy Trout?
0: Okay, so this is actually an interesting question. I didn't realize it was one. All right, so Dizzy Dean is in the Hall of Fame. Dizzy Trout is not Dizzy Dean has 46 war Dizzy Trout has 49.8. Um, Dizzy Dean has an MVP four time all-star and 1934 world series. Dizzy Trout is a two time all-star of the 1945 world series and an ERA title. I'm going to send you these two players pages. Okay. Um, because now I just don't know what to make of this. I think we need to dig into which D- which Dizzy is the better Dizzy.
1: Uh, all right, Dizzy Dean, Dizzy Trout. So, right,
0: first off, f- first question: Who has the better real name, Jay Hanna Dean or Paul Howard Trout? <laughs>
1: um, let's see, Jay Hanna Dean, uh, definitely Dizzy Dean.
0: Yeah, Jay Hanna, much better. His other nickname is The Great Man, which is lame. Um, yeah. And Dizzy Dean, his he has no other nicknames, so mm-hmm. that's lame. Um, uh, who do you think is... All right, so lifetime career ERA for Trout was 3.23. For Dean, it was 3.02, so favor to to Dean. Career whip 1.353 for Trout 1.206 for Dean. So, point Dean. More strikeouts for Trout though by about 100. So, point Trout. But so um,
1: 800 more innings pitched. Uh,
0: that's a good point. Um, they also have I find it hilarious when old time players have both bajillion starts and saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dizzy Trout 31 saves to Dizzy Dean's 31. Um, Ooh, and Dizzy Trout, yeah, the longer career, 15-year career to a 12-year career. Oh man, I guess Dizzy Dean's peak was just crazy.
1: Uh yeah, so Dizzy Dean's peak was I would say the first five years of his career, where he finished nineteenth in MVP voting, seventh, won it, and followed that up with two back to back years being runner up. That's a pretty damn good you know, a peak. Four straight years of leading the league in strikeouts. Two years of leading the league in batter's face. Twice leading the league in strikeouts per nine. uh, Three times leading in innings pitched. uh, Once led the league in saves as well. As well as... So, in 1936, he had the most complete games... And the most saves in the league,
0: and the most I guess games when you in are general.
1: A does a save count when you're the pitcher? No, because you would just no. Get the it does, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that means he came in in like the in, in a later inning and then finished it out. Yeah, that's a pretty yeah. damn good year. Damn, that's crazy. Good
1: pitcher Dizzy Trout just doesn't have those kind of numbers. He has one really great season as runner-up for the MVP. Uh, led in ERA plus hits, innings pitched, complete games, shutouts, um, and ERA. But that's really just one singular season.
0: You're right, D- Dizzy Dean's definitely the better Dizzy, but Dizzy Trout had, uh, had I guess the, the length on his end, but uh, only three years. Yeah, having only 3.8 more war in three entire additional seasons, I guess, doesn't make you any better. So, all right, now that we've officially decided that Dizzy Dean is the better Dizzy. <laughs> uh Yeah, anyway, so 40 decisions is never happening happening, right?
1: No, probably not.
0: Yeah, it has it's been uh 40 years, so I can I guess I can we can safely say that uh shit ain't going down again. Uh, the last multi 40 decision team in a season was the 1907 Chicago White Sox with Ed Walsh and Doc White. Uh, anyway, are we done with this list? Yeah, I'm as well. Okay, so oh, this was um, a thing I did. Uh, I'll let you know. So I wanted to see which team, uh, in in, er, in which which team's individual season. The team had uh, the, uh, let me try rephrasing this again because there's a lot of qualifiers. The best individual team season ERA. There we go. Best individual season team ERA. All right? And I also have the best individual season team OPS. And I want to know if you think these teams could beat each other or which team would win or which staff would win. So I did it twice because the first time, uh, all the teams were old. So, Corwin, do you have any impression of whether or not the 1904 Philadelphia Athletics could beat the 1894 Brooklyn, I'm going to say Dodgers, but it could be a weird team? Um, no, it was the Baltimore Orioles. Never mind. I was wrong the whole way through. Um, any impression of how those two teams would do? Uh, no, not even slightly. Do you want to guess what the team ERA was for the 1904 Philadelphia Athletics? I do. Give me a guess.
1: Uh, 3.85.
0: So 3.85 would be really good, I would say. However, they were 2.35. 2.35? Yeah. ERA is a tie for the best all-time single-season team ERA between the 1904 Philadelphia Athletics, the 1907 Philadelphia Athletics, and the 1908 Washington Senators. Wow. Yeah. So those Philadelphia Athletics teams were fucking nuts.
1: Yeah, it's a shame that I don't know any players on it.
0: Um... Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't know who the fuck these people are either. What's, yeah, what's... Like, there's no way I would know any of them. So you know what's crazy about the 1908 Washington Senators? No. Uh, they were not a good team. They went 67-85. What? Yeah, they went 67-85. and With a team 2.34 ERA. What? Uh, okay. You know what? Oh, my God. You know what their team OPS was? Uh, 600. Really close. 588. Ooh. For an OPS plus of 99, because everyone's OPSs were lower back then. Um. Damn, this is not great. Uh, so they had an OPS plus of
1: 99 amazing pitching, And still only 167 games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're... Their are uh, their team slash line two thirty-five, two ninety-three, two ninety-six. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that is uh that's
1: true. That, that's sure.
0: No, that's amazing. Um yeah, Walter Johnson's still on that team. He would eventually win a World Series. I forget what year that was. Um, the Philadelphia athletics that they didn't seem to have anyone. I know, um, none of these names look familiar on the batting side of things, nor on the pitching side. I have no idea who any of these people are. The, the, the best player on that, on that team in that season was Eddie Plank and his 6.7 war season followed by chief Bender and his 5.5 war season and topsy Hartzell with 4.3, um, don't know who any of those people are. Of course. Uh, also, Danny Murphy played on that team. I choose to believe it's Daniel Murphy.
1: <laughs> Daniel Murphy is an immortal god.
0: Ooh, although in the 1904 Philadelphia Athletics, Rube Waddell was on that team. 10.4 WAR season. Rube Waddell, uh, very famous uh, pitcher, very famous weirdo. Um <laughs> Really good player. So anyway, that's just kind of like fun shit. So I set a minimum season, our at, at, uh, at 1960 and any impression of what the new lowest single season team ERA is now
1: the lowest single season team ERA
0: post 1960, uh, it is still pretty low just as a warning.
1: It can't be in the twos. I refuse to believe that. Um, 3.23?
0: 2.45. No, I refuse to believe that. The 1967 Chicago White Sox, 2.45. Yeah, it's the... I I don't know. I have no idea. They had 36 complete games, and that's the fewest in the top five.
1: Why would I guess 323?
0: Uh a 323 doesn't even qualify because I forgot I said a minimum of 3 ERA as a I sorry, 3 ERA is a maximum. Um okay, the no, most totally the I, for, I forgot I did that. The most recent season. What year? Any guesses?
1: The most recent season uh on this list below a 3 ERA
0: as a team, yeah.
1: Uh, nineteen ninety
0: nine. I'm here to fuck your existence. Twenty fifteen. What? Who? The St. Louis Cardinals.
1: Oh, fuck the
0: Cardinals. I know. Uh, they went one hundred and sixty two. Um, um, and their team ERA was two point nine four.
1: Can you check to see what round they knocked the Pirates out of the playoffs that year?
0: <laughs> um. I want to say it was the wild card. No, it couldn't be, because they were they were the best team. Um, it must have been the, the, the NLDS then.
1: Uh, yeah, we didn't make it to the, the NLCS, yes, so...
0: Where's the postseason stats? Uh, I don't see it? Am I a fucking idiot?
1: Here, let me find it. 2015 MLB postseason bracket.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, baseball reference. You giveth and you taketh. Mm-hmm. I just want to see fucking postseason shit, man.
1: Um, Let's see. The, oh, no, they didn't play in 2015. The Pirates? Yeah, no, they got knocked out in the wild card by the Cubs. And then Cubs. the Cubs beat St. Louis that year. And then lost to the Mets. So this was the Kansas City, New York Mets World Series.
0: Yeah, because it was the year right after the Kansas City-San Francisco Giants World Series.
1: Mm -hmm. This was like the first year I started like loosely following baseball.
0: It was a good year for it. Yeah. uh,
1: I have this really cool thing where I start following Pittsburgh sports uh, teams the year they do really well. Um, Worked really great for the Penguins. Worked really great for the Steelers. Worked not so great for the Pirates.
0: Uh, it's tough because it's it's not your fault. <laughs> it's uh, it's Bob Nutting's fault because he's a horrible human being. I mean,
1: we definitely know that's true. Man, I forgot how many years in a row the Pirates were the wildcard game.
0: It was like every fucking year. It was nuts because uh-huh. they refused to get good enough to win the division. Uh huh. Well, they just refused. All right, Corwin, Mr. Yeah. Heller, what team? What season? And what OPS do you think was the best post-1960?
1: Um, is it not the 1967?
0: Chicago White Sox is, yeah. not, is not the 1967 Chicago White Sox. Uh,
1: I don't know. I can't say. I will say that it's the Yankees at some point.
0: Uh, it is not the Yankees. The Yankees' best season comes in 2009. That's ranked number seven here with an 839 team OPS, uh, tying them with the 97 Seattle Mariners the 90, and the 95 Cleveland Indians. The answer is brrr, the 2003 Boston Red Sox with an 851 OPS. Man, fuck the White Sox. Not
1: the
0: White Follow- Sox, the Red Sox. <laughs> F- fuck all the Sox. Um, yeah. Nah, I like the White Sox. Followed by the 1996 Seattle Mariners with an 850 OPS, and the 2019 Houston Astros with a 848 OPS, although that is suspect. <laughs> <laughs> um, It's so crazy to see Seattle here, like, several times, and you think to yourself, well, they must have gotten out of that point of their existence with a World Series title. Nope. No. Oh, an appearance, certainly. Nope. like you know 03 Boston they didn't win the World Series that year but they won it the next year you know 2019 Houston they didn't win the World Series that year but they were in it and they just won it in 2017 Uh, there's um, the 09 Yankees won that year you know like and then you just got Seattle just like I mean hey how about that regular season (laughs) So unfortunately, I think the answer to this question is super easy. But who do you think would win in in a in a head to head matchup over the course of a season? The nineteen sixty seven Chicago White Sox or the two thousand three Boston Red Sox?
1: Oh, the White Sox, hands down. Naturally. Naturally.
0: It, it that would feels... actually be a
1: pretty cool series because I feel like even if you know even even if the White Sox had that great pitching. I don't think it would necessarily stand up well to the Red Sox hitting or really most modern powerhouse, you know. Yeah,
0: that's exactly why I think it wouldn't be a competition. just because as much as I am a defender of the idea that just because you played a long time ago, you're not good. that means you came up in a different era and you have no choice in that matter. Uh, At the same time, if you're putting, if you're literally plopping these two teams in a ring, or in this case in a diamond, um, obviously the newer team will do better. You've just had more training. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one on the Chicago White Sox you would recognize, but check out how cool that logo is. I wish that I knew that logo existed for the White Sox because that's a cool logo. Wow. Right? It,
1: it's weird.
0: I know. I kind of dig it.
1: I would it's, like it a lot better without like the silhouette of the dude. Like If it so, was just that red and white single color sock, that'd be pretty cool. Like yeah, so for cool anyone robot. unaware,
0: like like me, who's never seen this throughout the White Sox many any uniforms, their 1967 logo apparently was a red circle with a white sock in the middle, and then overlapping that is a right handed batter wearing pinstripes, um, having just finished swing at the end of his swing. And uh yeah, it looks really cool. I fucking love that. Um And there's also zero names I recognize. The best player on the 67 White Sox was uh, Jim Horland's 5.6 war season. Um, The best player on the Boston Red Sox in 2003 feels like Pedro Martinez. It is Pedro Martinez in his 8 war season, followed by Nomar garcia Parro in his 6.1 season.
1: Nomar.
0: Yeah. Good old-fashioned Nomar. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's a pretty easy win for the Red Sox. Who do you think wins the uh the, the problem is all these teams are old. I'm going to I'm going to change it by year. Um Man, the the only thing that makes the 2015 St. Louis Cardinals stick out is that the most recent season after the 2015 St. Louis is the 1989 Los Angeles Dodgers.
1: Really? Who was in that yeah. lineup?
0: Um for pitching? Yeah. Um Villanueva must still have been there, right? Uh, It was Oral Hershiser, Tim Belcher, Fernando Valenzuela. I always say his name wrong. I meant that Um, Tim Leary and Ramon Martinez. Um, So Oral Hershiser Hall of Famer, Fernando Valenzuela. Yeah. I mean, Oral Hershiser was one of, oh, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's weird. He is a Cy Young three-time All-Star, 1988 World Series winner, Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, World Series MVP, ALCS MVP, NLCS MVP, and Major League Player of the Year. 56 career war. Not in the Hall of Fame? 18-year-long career?
1: I guess just not a high enough, of a, like a, a sustained enough peak.
0: I mean, I guess, opinion. but like, damn, I really would have thought he was in. I guess, yeah, I guess his peak just wasn't high enough. Seems weird. 2014 strikeouts, um, wins, which I actually, I guess is kind of low. Damn. That's wild. I thought, I really thought he was a hall of famer. I guess he's not sorry. Oral. My bad. Um, Fernando Valenzuela also not in the hall of fame, but super cool rookie season. Um, also pitched with his eyes closed.
1: Really? What?
0: Yeah. Yeah. When he would pitch, he would close his eyes.
1: Like, when in his wind up or release would he close his eyes
0: like while he was throwing like in like you know the moment you, when you would probably grunt his eyes were uh, closed in that in that part
1: okay yeah so it uh, for you totally um would absolutely suck for you know comebackers but you know hey if it helps you pitch 99% of the time
0: yeah I mean I guess that's just how you operated you know as long as Good with it. I I, I like guess even
1: us fucking around in like your backyard, there's no way you're ever gonna get me to like facing a live batter, there's no way you're gonna get me to close my fucking eyes.
0: Dude, I'm not even good enough to hit the strike zone with my eyes open. <laughs> right? Like it's 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 not happening with my eyes closed. I'm telling you telling you that right now. Uh yeah, I don't have anything else with this list. Is there anything else you want to hear between these four tabs? Uh no. I'm okay. Alright, um, so the next thing I have, just to keep it going, batter stuff, total bases in the game. Ooh. What do you think the record is?
1: Um, 15.
0: So 15 would have you tied for 24th.
1: No way. With... I know we've had this talk before and we've we had have. this record specifically, but that blows my mind again.
0: So 24th would be a tie between Kendris Morales uh, playing for the Kansas City Royals against the Detroit Tigers in a 10-3 to win um, in 2015. And then also 2015, Yohannes is playing for the Mets against the Colorado Rockies in a 14-9 to win. Each had 15 uh, bases. Um, they each had three home runs, but uh, Kendris Morales had a triple... UNS Cespedes had a double, and then the rest of it came from singles.
1: All right. I'm going to say if it's not 15, it's going to be like 18.
0: Oh, you're close. 18 is tied for second between um, Josh Hamilton of the Texas Rangers against the Baltimore Orioles in a 10-3 win for the Rangers in um, May of 2012. And Joe Adcock playing for the Milwaukee Braves, I believe, um, against the Brooklyn Dodgers in a 15-7 win in uh, July of 1954. Each had four home runs, each had a double, and each had um, a few other singles to make up the difference.
1: Yeah, you know, four home runs, a double, and a few singles, shingles. Oh, sorry. Don't no, just, just,
0: sorry. I, 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 bad, bad math on my part. Four home runs and a double covers all the bases.
1: Got it. Okay. I was going to so, say, like, yeah, just casually, a couple singles sprinkled in just for good measure.
0: So the, the leader, uh, uh, the, the all time total basinist getting guy in a one game situation <laughs> was Sean Green of the Dodgers. May 23rd, 2012, 19 total bases. He had a single, a double, and four home runs. That's six hits in six plate appearances. Seven RBIs.
1: This is one of those records where I really hope Mike Trout breaks it.
0: Ooh, I wonder if he's on this list at all.
1: He has to be.
0: He's too good. Mike Trout. No, he's not. Which means that or Mike Trout, low as it goes, is 12. Mm. Mike Trout, step up your game. Come on, Mike. Mike Yastrzemski is on this list, Mike Trout. And he's only just started playing baseball. Yeah, for real. Scooter Jeanette is on this list.
1: I did know Scooter Jeanette was on there. I did yeah, that not run game. Mike Yastrzemski was.
0: Uh, yeah, there's actually a bunch of players uh, that hit... Six, 16's a huge tie. Oh, yeah. Six, 16 is uh, this number 7 through 23 on this list. Damn. Yes, number, 16 is a huge tie. Well, and dating back all ages, too, you have uh, the most recent one was Matt Carpenter in 2018, and the oldest one was Ty Cobb in 1925. So it's, a, it's yeah, really like 16 is like that sweet spot for high but not breaking a record.
1: Ty Cobb, isn't that that really good pitcher?
0: Yeah, famous pitcher Ty Cobb. <laughs> um, so only one of the games that had 16 total bases by a single player resulted in a loss. Uh, and that feels like it shouldn't happen.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Bob Horner in 1986, got 16 total bases, uh, six RBIs, four home runs in, uh, five plate appearances. Um, and they, and his team, the Braves lost to the Montreal Expos 8-11. eight to 11.
1: Eight to 11.
0: Yeah. That, uh, that, that's, that's just no, all right, let's read the box score. Cause this is insane. How do you let this happen, my friend? Yeah. Did he um,
1: score all eight runs himself?
0: He scored six out of eight. Six out of eight runs were him. I need a scoring summary. Give me a scoring summary. Um oh fuck. <laughs> uh all right, I got it. All right. So play by play. In 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 the first, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. When, when do we get our first run? Uh, wait, what the fuck is, where's, where's the, where's the score? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So the first score is first run is scored by, by the Expos. Um, right? No. The first run is scored by, by the Braves, <laughs> Bob Horner. Our our hero hits a home run in the bottom of the second as the leadoff man, and uh, it's a solo shot. So Atlanta goes up one to nothing, okay? And then Ken Griffey Sr. is also in this game. I just wanted to throw that out there. So then after the home run, the, uh, the Braves go down one, two, three. Then the Expos come up in the top of the third. Al Newman walks... Andy McGaffin bunts. And then Mitch Weber hits a double, which scores uh, Newman, and the game's tied 1-1. Then bottom of the third, nothing happens. Then the Expos come up in the top of the fourth, tied 1-1. Uh, a Hubie Brooks fly ball, a Tim Wallach walk, and Andres Gal- Gal- Galarraga uh, strikes out. And then Mike Fitzgerald Hits a double to center field, scoring Wallach, and then Al Newman hits a home run, scoring him and Fitzgerald. Uh, and so now, all of a sudden, it's a two-one ball game. Although that shouldn't be two; that, that should be four, right? Yeah, it's four. Okay, so it's four to one. This is—it's it's a weird—it's a weird format. Come me some slack.
1: You're Josh. You get all the slack. Trust me. It's just—it's really funny. It's then nice the brains not come the up. Only one to fuck this stuff up all the yeah, time.
0: I understand. So then the Braves come up. Uh, Ken Oberkfell strikes out. Dale Murphy strikes out. Bob Horner comes up for the second time, uh, first time since he hit that home run, and he hits another home run. So now it's two to four, and then Ken Griffey takes a single, and Andreas Thomas flies out. So then Montreal, oh my God. So then Montreal comes to the top of the fifth and unleashes all hell. Um, Mike Webster, hold on. I want to backtrack. Yeah. So Zane Smith is our starting pitcher and he's still in the game at this point. So Zane Smith is pitching. Mike Webster comes up, hits a single. All right. That sucks. Whatever. It's four to two still. Then George Wright comes up. Um, and Webster steals second. And then it goes to third on an error. And so now it's man on third, no outs. George Wright hits a double Webster scores. It's five to two. And uh, Wright's on second. Then Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer Andre Dawson, comes up. He hits a he hits a home run, scoring him and Wright seven to two. Then Hubie Brooks comes up and he doubles. So so far, nothing but hits. They're flying all over the place. Hubie Brooks just fucked Zane Smith clear out the game, and then Jeff Dedman has to come in to replace Zane Smith. And then Tim Wallach comes up and he strikes out looking. So 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 Jeff's doing all right. Then Andres Galarraga comes up and he gets a pass ball. So Ooh. Brooks goes to third. Andres Galarraga. Okay. Uh, and then Andres Galarraga gets hit by the next pitch, <laughs> and he gets put on first. And then the manager decides this is Wait, enough. No um, Andres Galarraga. No, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, and Wayne. Wayne Krenchitsky Kren- 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 pinch runs for Andre Galarraga. Oh, Jeff had still in the game. <laughs> uh,
1: going on?
0: Mike Fitzgerald then grounds out in a two-three ground out, but Brooks was on third, so he scores, and and Fitzgerald goes to first. So it was not a ground out. It was it was really a fielder's choice. I don't like the way that's described. Then Al Newman gets, takes a single, so he's on first, and Fitzgerald's on second, and it's eight to two, and that's a really high score. Um, and then Andy McGaffin comes up, and he takes he singles. Fitzgerald scores. Newman's on third. Another runs in. It's, it's nine to two. And then Mitch Webster comes in. He singles, too. And now it's ten to two, and then George Wright strikes out. So all together, six runs, six runs in the inning, and it didn't, it didn't go well for the Braves. They're not doing good. It's 10 to two and things are looking bad. Um, the Braves then go on to score five runs in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Glenn off of Glenn Hubbard's double Virgil, uh, Ozzy Virgil scores. And then later uh, Ken Oberkfell gets a single and Bob Horner, our man um, homers again in his third at bat um, since the first home run. So he's, he's, Three home runs deep at this point. he's having a great day. uh it's seven to ten, and he's trying um Ooh, he's trying oh, he's trying uh, they retire the Expos after a while and top of the sixth without scoring any runs. Then the Braves get retired without scoring any runs and then um Mike Webster hits Mitch Webster hits a home run for the Expos. It's eleven to seven. Um, nothing goes right for um. For the Braves, it stays at seven to eleven. The Expos still eleven to seven, and then uh, the final run scored in the game comes off the bat of Bob Horner, who hits his final home run of the day to make it eight to eleven, uh, and they lose the game, which is a shame because Bob Horner hit four home runs. But you you still lose all the games. You don't score more runs than your opponent, so that's this game and the Braves lose.
1: Colin Coward.
0: Ah. Uh, so yeah, that 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 that's that. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep.
1: I have to admit, uh, of all those players listed, Mike Webster uh, is by far my favorite Pittsburgh Steeler.
0: Um, uh, so it was actually I think Mitch Webster. I was just saying that. Uh,
1: okay. Mike Webster is a yeah. uh, Hall of Fame offensive lineman for the Steelers.
0: Ah, uh, maybe he just did both. Yeah, whereas Mitch Webster is a career fourteen point four War outfielder in thirteen nope. seasons. So he's oh, not, not great. Although he did play for Pittsburgh for like a half a year.
1: It's probably when he got absolutely none of those fourteen war. Uh
0: when did when did Mike Webster play for Pittsburgh?
1: Uh the seventies.
0: Uh this was ninety-one.
1: I think it was the seventies. I think it was uh yeah, late 70s into the 80s. Uh,
0: Mitch Webster. Wow, he played from 74
1: to 88 with the Steelers and then retired in 1990.
0: Real quick, Mitch Webster, negative 0. 0.9 war with the Steelers, which is really impressive because he only played in 36 games. With the Steelers? With the Pirates. How do you put a, neg- a, an, a almost a whole ass negative one war in 36 games?
1: By being on the Pirates.
0: I mean, it's just impressive.
1: We are a very impressive
0: team. I see how. He batted 175, 245, 320 for a 565 OPS and a 59 OPS plus.
1: Best player on our team that year.
0: Well, you know what's crazy is that he got traded from Cleveland to Pittsburgh that season, and that 59 OPS plus, yeah, that's 67 points better than what he did in Cleveland and hit with his negative eight OPS plus. Why would you trade for him? <laughs> I don't know. What? Negative eight OPS plus? So in, in 1991. Is he a pitcher? No, he's an outfielder. <laughs> in 1991, he, he played in 13 games for Cleveland. He batted 121, 200, one, sorry, 125, 200, and 125. So he hit zero extra base hits. Um, good for a 323 OPS plus and a negative 8 o- Sorry, 323, 325. Fuck, OPS and a negative 8 OPS plus. Then he gets traded to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, he did, does the line I already read. And then Pittsburgh trades him to the Dodgers. And the Dodgers found success with him. 58 games. He batted 284, 361, 419. Good for a 122 OPS plus. For a total slash line in 1991 between two really shit lines and one very good one, 207, 281, 325 for a 606 OPS and a 71 OPS+, plus, which is still, by all means, not very good. But, yeah.
1: Of course the fucking Dodgers fix him.
0: Of course. Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck the Dodgers. (sighs) Yep. Fuck them. All to death. Um, I have one last thing. Yeah, and then that's it. Times on base. This is an interesting one. It's not total bases. It's the amount of times you got on base in one game. What do you think the record is for most times on base in one game?
1: Uh, eight.
0: So close. Eight is second. Eight is second. It's a five-way tie between Lou Gehrig. Sure. Rocky Colavito. Sure. Cito Gaston.
1: All right. And you're making up names.
0: Rod Carew and Melky Cabrera.
1: Uh, which just does not fit what? with the rest of these names.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the record is nine. Melky did it in 2014 as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays, which I do not remember. No, I don't either. Um, he got to him. He got on base eight times. Uh, ten plate appearances, five at bats, three hits, uh, one RBI, five walks. Two of which were intentional, two intentional walks. Sure. And a six to five win over Detroit.
1: I mean, I, I definitely remember Melky Cabrera being better than the Melky Cabrera that we know today, but.
0: Melky Cabrera's Yankee years, they, they were, those were some good years.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, two intentional walks in one game seems like a uh...
0: lot. Yeah.
1: I guess when you get on base six times ahead of that. It's all right. easy just to go for quick, you know, walks.
0: I'm going to list off all the teams Moki Guerrero has played for, and I want you to tell me if you remember him playing. I'm going to give it to you in order, okay? Okay. Because I'm already confused. I remember him with none of these teams. All right, New York. Uh,
1: the Yankees, yes.
0: Yeah. Atlanta?
1: Nope.
0: Yeah. Kansas City?
1: Uh, No. I'll say no.
0: The San Francisco Giants? No. In which he was an all star? Definitely his not. His only all star year. Uh, Toronto? Uh
1: No, like I said.
0: The White Sox? Yes.
1: Yeah, That's the White how Sox. I remember Melky Cabrera.
0: Yes, I remember Melky Cabrera, Cabrera with the White Sox. Um, The Royals again? Uh, okay. I do remember that because I remember he got traded uh, in 2017 to them. Uh Cleveland. Yes. I remember that. And Pittsburgh. Yep. I actually forgot he was with Pittsburgh this past season, but
1: mm. I remember yeah. just because I was like, wow, Milky Cabrera's still playing and still alive. Playing well.
0: How much how much career war do you think he has? Ooh, twenty-eight,
1: twenty-nine?
0: I would have guessed around there. It's actually a little bit lower than that. It's twenty point six. Okay. I mean, sure. One time all star. All-star MVP, and uh, 2009 World Series winner. With who? The Yankees.
1: The oh, the
0: Yankees. Yeah,
1: 2009. Oh,
0: no. Yeah, it was our last year. Uh, his nicknames include the Milkman or Leche. Which, uh, that makes milk. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, his, ac- his actual real name is Melky. I just assumed that was a nickname.
1: Um, I honestly can't say I've ever thought about it.
0: I just assumed it was like, I don't know, some shortened version of like a much complicated like Dominican name. But no, his real name is Melkin. I, uh, okay. Good for you, Melk.
1: You think his parents were lactose intolerant and just wanted to hope that this would give their child the ability to digest <laughs> uh, lactose?
0: If we name him after milk, <laughs> he would be able to drink it. Yes, we have we have Melky Cabrera, the the his brother Fuego Cabrera, <laughs> <laughs> he, okay, if my, die by if fire. My
1: name was Milk, and my brother's name was Fire. I would be very upset with my
0: parents. <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 their their sister Carne Asada. Uh, anyway, um. <laughs> So the record is nine, <laughs> nine times on base in one. Uh, it was, it's been done three times. The most interesting part about this is that of those three times, two of them were in losses. Uh, so it's only been done one time in a win. So the first time it happened, the first time it happened was by Max Carey in 1922 as a member of the Pittsburgh pirates against the New York giants and a eight to nine loss in which Carey had a had nine played appearances, six at bats, three runs, six hits, a double, two RBIs and three walks, and three stolen bases.
1: Okay. Okay. That's a pretty fucking good line lost, right there. Whatever.
0: Yeah, he still lost eight to nine, um, because it's Pittsburgh and all good things must have a dark side. Thank you. The second time it happened was Johnny Burnett. And this game is wild. I have to go through the box score of this, too. So it happened in 1932 when he was a member of the Cleveland Indians against the Philadelphia Athletics in a 17-18 to 18 loss. What? Yeah. Um, 11 played appearances, 11 at-bats, 4 runs, 9 hits, 2 doubles, 2 RBIs, no walks, 1 strikeout. 9 10 win probability added, which is huge. Um, what the fuck's BOP? Oh, batting order position. Oh, all these guys did it as the second person in the lineup. That's interesting. Uh, and then it was most recently done by Stan Hack as a member of the Chicago Cubs against the Cincinnati uh, Reds in 1942 in a 10 to 8 win. The only time this happened in a win. Ten plate appearances, five at bats, four runs on five hits, one double, one RBI, four walks, um, and one sacrifice hit.
1: What uh, What's the highest number for um, you know recently? Like, what's the most recent number with eight?
0: All right, let me sort by date and try to give you an answer to that. Um, Twenty nineteen. There was a, really? There was several. Oh, sorry. With eight. Oh, with eight. No, I was just starting by um, in general with eight. Uh, the most recent one was 2014, Malky Cabrera. With seven, the most recent was 2017, Joe Mauer. Uh, also 2026, 20, Joe Mauer of the twins.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Also in 2016, uh, Brandon Crawford and Bryce Harper 2015 Paul Goldschmidt, 2011 Bobby Abreu, 2010 Dexter Fowler. These are all with seven? Yeah, these are all with seven. A lot of recognizable names here. Mm. Um, all right, real quick. I have to see this, this fucking box score. Wow. 17-18 game? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a, This game went 18 innings. What? This game went 18. 18- Teen innings So ju- ju- just to recap the, the, the Scoring here in the first inning uh, Phil the, the A's bat first the Indians batted Second um, A's went uh, scored two Runs then the Indians scored three Then neither team scored in the second Then the A's scored in the third One run so it's three three And then the A's scored again In the top of the fourth two runs They get five to three, but then the Indians score three more runs to make it five to six. And then the A's don't score in the fifth, but the Indians score one. So that makes it five to seven. And then both teams score one run in the sixth. That should make it, uh, uh, fucking six to eight. And then the, and then the A's scored seven in the seventh, but the Indians scored six. And then the A's scored two in the ninth to take the lead by one run, but then the Indians score the run to make up for it in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game, and then neither team scores a run in the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, or 15th. In the top of the 16th, the A's score two. In the bottom of the 16th, the Indians score two. Neither team scores in the 17th, and then the A's score in the 18th to win it.
1: I wish I saw this game. Or at this least is... I, wish, I wish I could go back
0: and watch this. Yeah, but you definitely can't do because it's 1932, but it's a shame because this sounds. Yeah. A... So which player am I looking out? I'm actually surprised there weren't more trips to the bag here. Just by how many innings there were right or more times on base, I should say. Uh, Cause this is just a fuck ton of innings. Um. So yeah, I guess we're looking out for Johnny Burnett. Johnny Burnett is our man. Um, I prefer AJ. <sighs> Who doesn't love AJ? Wow, this is know. crazy. Yeah, fucking. I want to read all this. It's too much to read, but that's 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 wild, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yes. All I right. can't think
1: of I can't think of a recent game where it has gone that deep and also been anywhere close to high scoring.
0: Yeah, because they, they usually end up being lopsided.
1: Right, like it's you know you have two super high scoring games that maybe they'll go to like thirteen or fourteen. Um, or they go super deep and it's you know, nobody can score, which is why it stays tied.
0: Do you want to hear the highest score I see on this page? Yeah. Sean Casey seven times on base for Cincinnati against Colorado in nineteen ninety nine. Final score was a win for Cincinnati. 24-12. They scored Ooh. 12 runs and got
1: blown out.
0: I wanna I wanna share this one with you because you'll love this.
1: Ooh, is it the Pirates beating the Cardinals?
0: Close, it's the Pirates beating the Cubs. I'll take it. <laughs> Rennie Stennett, seven times on base, 22 to nothing.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: A deep digging for the ages. 22 to nothing. Did this Fuck happen yourselves.
1: In the 30s. 1975? Yeah. Still oh. 20 years before I was born. 22 years, but I'll take it.
0: Now, this actually sounds like a fascinating game. Um, Cito Gaston, playing for the San Diego Padres, got on seven times uh, in, in the Padres versus the Giants on May 5th, sorry, May 23rd, 1970 in a 17 to 16 win for the Padres in the same game, Willie Mays got on base seven times for the giants. Who do you think walks away with the better line here? Cito Uh, Gaston, nine, nine plate appearances, five at bats, three runs, three hits, a home run, three RBIs, four walks. Um, Yeah, that's all. That's really interesting. Willie Mays, nine plate appearances, six at bats, Three runs on four hits, two home runs, four RBIs, three walks, one of which was intentional, but one strikeout.
1: Um, how many stolen bases? Any of them? Um,
0: no, neither for either of them.
1: Mm. Uh I'll go with Willie Mays. Strikeouts yeah. are a huge deal.
0: Yeah, two home runs seems like a much bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Even though the um RBI uh no, he saw his more RBIs. Yeah, more home runs, more RBIs, which in this case matters because, you know, it's the actual. Um, yeah, plus an intentional walk. Damn, uh, that must be a uh, wild game. Uh, okay.
1: So do you have any other baseball stuff you wanted to uh, discuss or do you want to close out with some football news?
0: I think I'm officially done with all of my baseball stuff, so let's close out with some football stuff.
1: All right. Uh, Do you know who P.J. Walker is?
0: No, but I love the name.
1: Uh, He was an XFL quarterback that kind of was the face of the XFL while it was still in session. He ends up signing with the Carolina Panthers, um, essentially taking Cam Newton's spot as the Cardinals, not the Cardinals, the Panthers, uh, just released Cam Newton. Uh, I guess we'll kind of bind these two together since, you know, they are related what are your thoughts on carolina's quarterback moves
0: uh i guess we'll touch on cam newton's second uh pj walker is, I, I i don't know i don't know him um i don't think i care i'm assuming this is just to fill the backup spot because they want to start teddy bridgewater um maybe they see it as a high upside guy where where there's not much room for him to fuck it up because they're not going to ask him to start, start unless he really impresses in camp. Uh, So like, why not take a gamble? Yeah. I mean,
1: it's one of those things where I don't think he's expected to be more than fighting for the backup spot with Will Greer, Um, especially, you know, XFL is significantly lower in competition than the NFL but this is just kind of news because he's been getting headlines uh, being the star of the lesser league. Um, But yeah, I think releasing Cam Newton is much bigger news for the Panthers than PJ Walker.
0: And in that respect, what do you think of that piece of news?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I don't think they should have moved on from Cam Newton. Um, I think they're worse off with Teddy Bridgewater than Cam. Um, I get why you'd be worried about his injuries, but I still think he's a better quarterback. I don't know. I feel like you could have gotten Cam to for the similar, uh, excuse me, similar numbers to what they're giving Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so yeah, I, I hope Cam can go somewhere and start uh, or at least have the opportunity to compete for the starting role because he deserves that.
0: Uh, yeah, I think he does too. Especially so. The the, the thing that I uh, I'll take it in phases. It sucks to see him leave the Panthers. He was as they are in the world today, um, because the men won an MVP award. The team almost had a perfect season. There's a lot of reasons to be like Cam's really fucking good. And <laughs> this uh, generation of Panthers and Panthers <clears throat> and Panthers fans that like. It would be nice to see some level of corporate loyalty I know we're, like, never going to get. Um, uh-huh. So it's in that respect. The thing that really makes me feel shit is that they couldn't find it. Like, the Bears chose to trade for Nick Foles over Cam Newton. Yeah. And Which... I do not understand that.
1: Especially since Nick Foles is probably... Rocking a similar contract size to Nick Foles.
0: So I'm looking right now in 2020, uh, Cam Newton's base salary is zero. Two million workout bonus zero dead cap hit two million. There's nothing here. Yeah, I just, whereas Nick Foles, 2020 being a 15.12 million dollar base salary $250,000 roster bonus $250,000 workout bonus 15.62 million cap hit uh 20.125 dead cap and those very similar yet increasing numbers um in cap hit for 2021 and 2022 although the dead cap goes down drastically um but Still, and the other thing is Cam Newton's younger.
1: Yeah, younger, better, similar price. Honestly, injury history, career-wise, probably similar. I know Cam's is significantly more recent. Uh, I guess everything is more recent. You know, uh, with his injuries, where Nick Foles have kind of been spread out more. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how the bears it sucks maybe it's a system fit uh with naggy system i feel like it it wouldn't be all that much cam is better than mitch trubisky in just about every category um and they use mitch the way you would expect a team to use a guy like cam newton so i just don't i don't know
0: yeah, I mean Cam Newton peak can the, the ceiling of Cam Newton will always far it out, out exceed the ceiling of of Nick Foles. Um like and the floor isn't really that much I would say Cam Newton's floor is also much higher than Nick Foles's.
1: Oh, oh, significantly. Like like I a mean, lot. The last time Cam Newton was healthy was the start of 2018. And he started that season as an MVP frontrunner. You know, yeah, he's been hurt for all of 2019 and the rest of 2018. But still, like, if you expect Cam to be healthy, which I don't think anyone has any reason to doubt that right now, um, uh, he's just so significantly better all around. I don't know. Maybe he's asking for a lot of money. Maybe Matt Nagy knows something we don't. Or whoever the Bears GM is right now, I honestly don't remember. Um, Neither do I. Who knows?
0: Maybe they wanted to bring in a lesser player to make Trubisky feel like they weren't just trying to outright replace him.
1: I'm sorry, you got out there. What was that?
0: Maybe they brought in a lesser lesser player and Trubisky feel like uh, they weren't just trying to replace him.
1: Yeah, maybe it's uh, this is management's way of saying, oh, we totally tried to do something, but in reality, they just want to keep starting Mitch so that they can tank.
0: Uh, yeah, that's not a bad point either. Um, yeah, anything else happening in the world?
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> this isn't really any news, but Trent Williams uh, update. Redskins say they want something comparable in value for left tackle Trent Williams. I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep touting. like We're we're not going to take any shitty deals just to have Trent hold out one more year. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the Redskins are really going to get bit in the ass with this.
0: Like they haven't already been. My God, just let it go.
1: <laughs> they probably could have gotten like a, sec- a good second round pick for him already.
0: Fucking ridiculous the the mismanagement of that organization, but oh, I, I guess we've come to expect nothing less from
1: Nadama and Sue signed a one year eight million dollar deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going back there.
0: That feels um, right,
1: yeah. it it feels very right all around for Sue, for the Buccaneers, for what they're trying to accomplish. That's good contract for all parties. um Don Terry Poe signed a. Deal with the Dallas Cowboys.
0: I missed that. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Um the Cowboys needed it. They're doing a lot of work on defense right now. I just don't know if Don Terry Poe is kind of the he's got the name still. I just don't know if he plays up to it much anymore.
0: No, I want we'll to see him back. score touchdowns <laughs> again. Oh, that'd be so nice.
1: Yeah. Like just have him be the fullback in front of Zeke Elliott.
0: I wouldn't mind in the slightest. Have There's him be the fullback. quarterback.
1: Yeah, why not? Let's I need some more excitement in my life. Um let's see, Nikki Rolby Coleman signed a deal with the Eagles uh for one point three million dollars. Max. Oof. It's one million guaranteed, can be up to one point three. That is a disgustingly low contract for him. Yeah, what the um, fuck? And fucking finally the Eagles putting some money into free agents so that they can get rid of that horrendous secondary group. And uh, they're really setting themselves up to be uh, front runners, I think, in the NFC. Maybe not front runners, but contenders.
0: Yeah, well, it doesn't take much to contend in that division. So. Yeah,
1: very true. Uh, let's see. The Jets signed wide receiver Prashad Perriman.
0: Yeah, I an saw.
1: $8 million contract.
0: I just don't cool. know about that. Um, he was a guy that was drafted while Joe Douglas. So clearly a guy that he likes, um, breakout Definitely. season last year after several of the, um, bucks wide receivers went down. Um, also I, I've said it before. I think I said it last time we recorded. I really like Robbie Anderson was like a nice guy. I liked having him on the jets. He was a one trick pony. And if you can get Rashad Perriman to basically be a similar, level of production out of um, what Robbie Anderson would have given, they'll get him at literally less than half the cost. So, like, why not? They need uh, to do more, though. They definitely need to do more than just that at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Robbie Anderson ended up signing with the Panthers' two-year, $20 million contract, uh, $12 million in 2020, $8 million in
0: 2021. Yeah,
1: definitely I get it. I, it's, it's 50% more than Brasad Perriman's getting in year one. I just, I really think I'd rather go with a guy that we have seen produce in the NFL over multiple years and Robbie Anderson over a guy that's, yes, has the draft pedigree, but has sucked for every season he's played except for the most recent one. I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, again, I don't think it's going to matter until we get an actual wide receiver on. So... Like, it's tough debating about whether or not your wide receiver two is going to be good if there's no one ahead of him in the depth chart to make him look good. Mm-hmm. So, it's tough.
1: What kind of, do you have a preference of the big three wide receivers for the?
0: I mean, we're, or I do, think we're. Do
1: you want them to go offensive tackle?
0: I think we're high enough that you could, that, that depending on how the draft goes, not that we're super high, but uh, I think we're top of my head. I think we'd be high enough to get a Jeremy if he falls that, that low. Um which again just depends on it. It. yeah and, and you know so it's possible that would be cool. I, I I'd like to have another um that you know but I don't really care. I, I, I'm I'm here for the ride because this will be Jordan Douglas's first draft. So I don't know what to make of it. I have been appreciative of the things he's done so far. Um, at least I don't think he's done anything outrageously, shit. Um, and he's already done—he's done more to address the O line in one week than Mike his entire tenure with the with the organization. So, so far, he's good in my book. I don't know what he's going to do. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—if I could plan out this strategy, I would definitely say grab one of the the big four tackles uh, in the top ten for the Jets. Uh, and then hope of the big name wide receivers falls to us in the second round. Um, but at the same time, going after one of the big three and getting rookies comparable to Deandre Hopkins uh, and Ceedee lamb, uh, Odell Beckham and Jerry Judy, or like a, I guess Tyree kill would be a good comparison for what his peak could be in Henry Ruggs. Um It's just, I know offensive tackle isn't the sexy pick, but it's probably a better foundational piece for the Jets. But, man, those one of those three wide receivers would be really cool to get.
0: Yeah, the Jets haven't really had, like, a standout wide receiver since...
1: Keyshawn Johnson.
0: Oh, no, don't even say that. I'm trying to think of the last time I really remember the Jets having, like, a great wide receiver.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Keyshawn Johnson is the only, like notable wide receiver I can name the Jets having I was gonna say out of like end of career Santonio San Holmes.
0: I was gonna say end of career Plex burris <laughs> 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 The sad thing is he was really good. <laughs> um the Jets just like have always been like made do. And uh so yeah it'd be really nice to like we've had like good seasons out of random people, but we never had like that guy. So mm-hmm. I'd like to have that guy.
1: Damn, okay. Uh, I guess I was giving Santonio Holmes too much credit. His peak season in uh, New York with the Jets had 52 receptions for 746 yards and six touchdowns. So, good season, don't get me wrong, but uh, lost like 500 yards receiving going from Pittsburgh to the Jets from 2009 to 2010. The Jets way. Yeah. Man, I don't who who was the quarterback in 2010, Mark Sanchez?
0: Still Mark Sanchez, yeah. I remember I remember Santonio Holmes being really clutch. I don't remember standout, but I remember him being really clutch.
1: Um, he definitely was for the Steelers in their uh, Super Bowl.
0: That's super cool, buddy. Hey, thanks. Yeah, uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, um,
1: uh, if you really want Plaxico
0: to Burris's Jets season. Oh, <laughs> this does not look good. Um,
1: oh god, that was the year they had LaDanian Tomlinson and Mark Sanchez.
0: It was beautiful. I i loved wow. that season. Uh, wow. for record, I have met LaDainian Tomlinson. Wonderful. Um, 46 targets, sorry, 96 targets, 45 receptions, 612 yards, <laughs> so not good, eight touchdowns. Um, forty-six point nine catch percent, thirty-eight point three yards per game, six point four yards per target.
1: When you not good, uh, oh yeah. Um, I was getting ahead of myself. Uh, when you think of Plaxico Perez, what team do you picture him on?
0: Actually, the I Giants. feel like there's
1: three really good answers because
0: well, there's only three answers: Pittsburgh, New York Giants, and New York Jets.
1: Right, but like they're all good answers at least for you because the jets are your teams of course you'd remember him on your the steelers are where he you know had a great super bowl and was drafted probably the peak of his career um and but, the
0: Giants is where he shot himself in the leg yeah
1: exactly that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah
0: no and that's why i think uh, of him as the, as, as the giant
1: yeah like i think of him as a Steeler because of course the steelers are my team but Immediately following, like, all oh, right, Pittsburgh Steelers, wide receivers. Like, oh, right, the dude who fucking shot himself in a strip club. Or a nightclub, whatever it was.
0: Fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> oh, God. He was really good, too.
0: Once upon a time, man. Once upon a time. Any other Hold football up. news?
1: Um, Yeah, but, I mean, there's nothing huge. Dak Prescott's nearing in on his contract extension.
0: I hope um, it's for $195 million guaranteed. It it won't. <laughs> I want it to be so much money that the Cowboys are strong. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I don't know. It says it's for $35 million a year, which... Sure. Okay. That's kind of where we were like eight months ago, but... Whatever. Yeah, the only, uh, I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead.
0: I was going to say, it'll get done, I guess. I don't know what's <laughs> holding it up. Jerry Jones is weird. Get a better haircut.
1: Yeah, right. Go to, uh... Go to... What's the Raiders dude? Not Mark Davis. Yeah, it is Mark oh, Davis.
0: Oh, yeah, Mark Davis.
1: Yeah, go to his barber.
0: I bet they just cut each other's hair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mark Davis is way too poor for him to be able to hang out with uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones would not allow him in his entourage.
0: So what you're saying is that Mark Davis might need a sugar daddy?
1: <laughs> I could totally see Jerry Jones being Mark Davis's sugar daddy.
0: Hey, Jerry, um, could you,
1: could you, uh, could you lend me some money? Uh, I got I got a son, Antonio Brown, uh, or else people say I'm going to be forced um, so can you help a guy out? Well,
0: uh, if you, if you, if you give me a Hummer, Mark, I'll, I'll, I'll help you move your whole football team to Vegas.
1: Uh, is that, uh, when you say Hummer, is that a, uh, a, a car or is, is I mean, you slurping on day?
0: daddy's balls huh? <laughs> uh,
1: okay. I'm going to need 25 million and, uh, we got a deal. And he's Get totally think If they do that, he totally thinks he came out ahead.
0: I, I, he, someone came out ahead.
1: Oh, uh, that's. <laughs> and on that note, Travis Frederick's retiring. It's fitting. Yeah, sucks. You know, top center in the league for a good long time. Just, uh, I think it's Julian Barr syndrome. He battled. um, very very difficult to be a professional athlete while uh, fighting that it's uh, its unfortunate but there's no doubt uh, he had a very spectacular career uh, despite that
0: yeah good for him for, uh, for accomplishing what he could accomplish and-
1: yep uh, anything else you want to talk about today
0: not a thing man not a thing
1: cool then let's get the fuck out of here
0: all oh, right, if you want to follow the show on Juice and if you want to hit us up, it's so juice the numbers at gmail.com. Until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.